0: Hey guys, this is the reboot of the Mamba's Legacy podcast. This is going to be episode one. Uh, I really hope you enjoy the changes we make to this podcast. We're going to be more professional from now on, uh, more interactive with you guys, because uh, I want this to be entertaining for you, uh, fun for you, so you have stuff to do. But before uh, we get too deep into this uh, episode, I would like to ask you guys, if you have the money, can... I don't feel forced whatsoever. If you don't, you don't. You do, you do, and I really appreciate that. I now have a link to where you can support me: ninety nine cents a month, four ninety nine a month, or nine ninety nine a month. If you guys could do any of that, that would mean the world to me. But if you can't, you tuning in right now means just as much. So again, thank you guys and uh, take care. And I hope you guys enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the reboot episode of the Mama's Legacy Podcast. I'm joined here with Shub how you guys doing pleasure having me oh it's it's all the pleasure is all mine so uh right now we're gonna start off with our q a uh our first question here is from Prezi harden how far will the lakers drop without braun and ad i'll let you tackle this one first
1: yeah i mean rapid fire i love i love the the short intro get right into it um that's a great question i think you know the last few days everyone's been kind of questioning like where we're going to be at things like that you know it's uh At first, you know, the rumors were like, oh, are they going to drop to the playing game? Things like that It was kind of kind of nonsense and kind of silly. But, you know, the way the West is kind of stacking up in the game differential in the standings, um, it's not out of the realm of possibility. And, uh, you know, while I'm confident in our guys, um, you know, they're not putting up a great fight right now. um, You know, we have to be wary of that. You know, it's not about um, necessarily. You know, how far down we drop, things like that, even though that's a concern, it's more necessarily like, what can we do to get the most out of the guys? Um, So, um, you know, I think talent wise, we stack up with the best in the league. So I'm personally not, um, you know, too afraid about the standings where we end up because worst case scenario for the eighth seed and we end up playing the Utah Jazz first round. um, You best believe I like my chances in that matchup. So uh, loaded, loaded, loaded question for a loaded answer. I'll, I'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah, no, that was a really good answer, and I agree with most of that. Uh, the Lakers, uh, we could, I see us dropping as far as the playing game. I would really hate that if that w- were to happen, but I do see that potentially happening without LeBron and AD, and I feel like this is also going to come down to the moves we make at the trade deadline. If we get Drummonds, I think that's going to impact where we finish off 7th, 8th seed playing. But right now, I do have us below the 5th seed going to the playoffs, but again, I'm not really worried because LeBron and AD will be back for the playoffs I feel like LeBron will be back 100%. It's an ankle injury. Uh, he's more of a playmaker. I don't think he's going to, that's going to bother him too much. It might a little bit for a while, but he'll be right back on his feet. He's one of the greatest of all time. And then Anthony Davis, if he, he can even come back 80%, I feel like I like our chances because nobody has proved that they can beat us uh, four out of seven games. And I continue, I continue to be proven right. Uh, the playoffs last year, most games they got off us was two. But I do believe. I like our chances any anywhere we stand. Even if it's the plan, they'll be back by the playing tournament. I think we'll win that no problem. And whether it be the Jazz, Clippers, Nuggets, Blazers, I think we can match up with the best of them. And I see us going all the way to the finals again this year, and potentially repeating.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, I, I completely agree. Um, and, and if there's Laker fans listening to this, you know the timeline is pretty optimistic. People got to remember, you know, the playoff schedule is pushed back because of this, you know, new season. So if we start right now, the playoffs don't start until two uh, two months, right? And, and LeBron's timeline and AD's timeline, it, it's kind of in that – it's pretty parallel. It's right around, right around that three- to four-week range is when AD will be reevaluated, and that's what they uh, – docked lebron's high ankle sprain at so you know they're missing about a month and you know with superstars of that caliber when people talk about oh we just need them 80 i think we 100 like they don't need too much you know time to get reacquainted readjusted to the system that made them champions in the first place um so that's what i would say out there i i, I obviously want to air on the shot of caution and want them to be 100 but there really isn't a concern and i really do believe like they're going to have a lot of games to you know get get some feet under them before we get serious here in the home stretch
0: yeah, I definitely agree with that. I feel like a lot of Twitter is acting like they're coming a week back before the playoffs. We have plenty of time to get them breathe, uh, throw them back in the system. Even if we make some roster tra- changes, like getting Andre Drummond, they'll have time to fit in. I mean, everybody said that the first year they came together too. I remember on ESPN they were saying Paul George and Kawhi would uh, match up better and they'd be able to get thrown into the system a lot faster. But LeBron and AD proved everybody wrong by getting thrown right together in championship first year. So that we'll we'll leave it at that. Uh, our next question here. It's from DaBabyStan. Will the Thunder win a championship by 2030? What do you think? Um, is, this, is this to me again? Yeah, i am throwing it at you. Uh, Cam's just here to uh, get the audio recording. Uh, she's my second recording.
1: Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Well, thank you so much, Cam, first of all. Second of all, um, by 2030, well, we're already one year into that. It's uh, next year's 2022. Um, I'm going to lead on – I'm going to go with the field here and say no. Um, You know, could it be done by 29, 30, like sort of the late years? Um, I could see them being back again, you know, to that kind of contention. But I'm just thinking about kind of the cornerstones in our league right now and where the league is headed. Uh, You know, we we see those articles all the time about who's going to dominate the next decade. You got players like Zion. Um, I think Giannis is going to kind of run the league, you you know, after that. Um, James Harden is going to, you know, get already is in his thirties along with Kevin Durant, um, you know, and Kyrie's not, you know, one to lead a team to that kind of level without, uh, you know, kind of being second option. So I'm just looking around the league, you know, you have guys like Trey young, is he good enough? He's kind of getting his feet under him wet. Uh, John Morant, Zion, Giannis, people like that, Jonathan Mitchell, where's he going to go? Brandon Ingram, is this team going to figure out together? Um, and I just don't see enough superstar potential for the thunder and added to the already bigger reason that, you know, it's already a small market as is, Um, you know, the, the the last time they had hope was getting Paul George in that trade from Indiana. Right. And we saw what happened with that. So I'm going to on the side of no, could they be competitive again? I think sooner
0: rather than later, but championship, not this decade. I'm actually going to disagree with you on this one. Uh... Okay. I it depends on where they go to be perfectly honest. Before I get into my theory, uh, if the Thunder use the draft picks to draft players, yeah, it's gonna be twenty thirty and later. But they have Lou Dort, amazing defender, only gonna gonna keep getting better every year. Shea's there, Shea's outstanding, proving everybody wrong the way he's turning up in the league. I think with all the draft picks they have, they could definitely trade that for a superstar here or there. Uh, keep in mind Kawhi is going to be a free agent probably uh, at the end of this year. If he doesn't end the next year, for sure. I don't think he's going to re-sign with the Clippers. Uh, Paul George, if Kawhi goes, he's going to go. If they can get one of those two guys, Paul George back, even that'd be great. They could maybe get a, a veteran point guard to come in. They'll have a ton of pieces. Uh, so if they trade the draft picks they have, which they have so many, they could trade some and draft. I think they could be championships. By 2027, 2028, I could definitely see that with all that draft capital, you can make something happen, whether it be the draft, whether it be trades. Uh, Sam Presti, I think he's a pretty, uh, pretty good GM. I know he gets a lot of hate for letting the big guys go, but in the end, I think it's all going to work out, and I think the Thunder are going to be contenders by 2025.
1: I like that a lot. I really, <clears throat> I'm going to be honest, I completely forgot about the draft capital that they have. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. just in the midst of trading assets, things like that. But when you bring up that point, um, you know, one thing I've learned from, especially Bobby Marks and just taking, taking in all his draft stock and his experience, um, there's only so much value in a first-rounder. And while Sam Presti is doing an amazing job, um, I, I like to think of first-rounders, especially from contending teams, as sort of a safety net right? And I think Thunder fans are extremely right to feel very um, enthused with the number of draft picks they have, um, knowing that they have options and the, and the options are going to continue to go. And by Thursday, is it going to, you know, even exceed? Probably, you know, because Sam Presti has a plan that we don't know about. And, and you're probably right. Can that be to ultimately lean into a superstar? Probably, right? But then again, you know, is, is, the league and other GMs looking at, you know, a first rounder from, you know, contending, uh, you know, LA Clippers, where that's going to be a sub 2020 20, uh, player pick, right? How much value is that going to hold in a year or two, right? How much of a value is going to hold with high school classes diminishing, G League classes diminishing? Obviously, there's a Knights superstar, and this draft class is stacked too. But what about the draft classes that aren't stacked? How much valuable does that uh, become? So, I, I like the optimistic thinking and how they can be flipped for superstar like win now players, uh, but definitely, definitely, definitely don't want to run the assumption that you know first round picks automatically lead to uh, uh, wins and playoff wins for sure.
0: Well, yeah, that's that's definitely a good point. But it's like uh, the superstars I can see them trading for is something like they could even like bunch up a bunch of them for maybe even Kawhi and Paul George together because the Clippers if yep. they can't win a championship. They need picks back ASAP, and I don't think they let Paul George and Kawhi walk for nothing considering the amount they gave up to get them. So I think they could maybe even trade both those superstars back to OKC. Well, you really think so? Definitely. The Clippers have no draft picks, like no first round picks for at least the next, I think, five to six years, maybe even seven. So they need some, they can't let uh, Kawhi and Paul George walk for nothing. If it comes to the point at the trade deadline next year, if they both decided to stay, I can definitely see them flipping those two for a bunch of draft picks. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, we've seen crazier things in the league, so I'm not going to disagree with that right away. So.
0: Yeah, no, (laughs) I I definitely think the thunder, whatever they do is going to be very interesting and they're going to be a team to watch. So our next question here is from Jaden H is Aaron Gordon being overvalued in the trade market right now by the magic. Uh, I'll go first on this one. Uh, they're asking two first round picks. I don't think he's worth that. I think he's maybe worth a first rounder because there's no guarantee he's going to re-sign with the team. I think he's on a contract here. If I'm not mistaken, he might have another year after this. Uh, haven't been following Aaron Gordon the closest, but I don't think two first rounds is worth them, especially, you know, again, considering he might not stay. And they're really overvaluing him. They got the offer smart and two first-round picks for Aaron Gordon and Fournier. I would have taken that in a heartbeat if I were the Magic. You could have fleeced the uh, Celtics right there. Marcus Smart, great defender, he could come right in. Uh, and two first-round picks, what you were asking for Aaron Gordon. I think, I think you make that deal. I think he's being very overvalued right now, and I think they're going to eventually cave in for a deal worse than what the Celtics offered due to the fact that they're going to pass up on so many thinking that they're going to get more than what they can for him.
1: Yeah, um, I definitely agree. Um, so he's under contract. Uh, last he's gonna his last year is next year. Uh, then he's an unrestricted free agent. So he's definitely a, has a year left, and um, it's a pretty solid contract four year for eighty. Makes a lot of sense for his value. Um, I, I just you know I actually talked about Aaron going on on my podcast, and you know it's just it's just sad to figure out what kind of player he is. Right? Is he a third option? Is he a fourth option? When he was drafted. And making a lot of headlines for other reasons uh you know for his athletic ability people were viewing him you know sort of as as a first option on the orlando magic you would just assume when you think orlando magic you think aaron gordon that high flyer has to be the best player on his team right and then a couple years go by and there's someone else who actually made the all-star team from the magic and it's not him right so Mm -hmm. It's a little, you know, underwhelming when it comes to Aaron Gordon. So I agree with you on that. Uh, Two first rounders, absolutely uh, insane for him. Uh, I I think one first rounder would be pretty decent for him. And and I just think, you know, his skill set, you know, being around the basket, I I see like a lot of people, um, you know, the kind of need for him, that kind of athletic, you know, don't run plays for him, um, that kind of slasher. Um, is something, and the team's going out for him, is, is the Boston Celtics. I think that's a good fit for him if we're talking about Aaron Gordon's future. It's just someone that can get you a basket down low is a big that they can, uh, you, you know, trust that's going to be down low and, and get them some buckets um, and be able to bang against, uh, you know, bigger guys at, at that realm. And, you know, with playmakers such as, you know, smarts and improving playmaker, Kemba, of course, and, and their, their two all-stars, you know, he, he can fit right in and, and not be expected to do too much, which I think, uh, you know, a lot of expectations got to him up in Orlando. Uh,
0: I definitely agree with everything you just said there. Uh, I do believe Boston's the best fit for him at this moment. I think he can come and impact because the Boston's big men right now are not doing too well. He could even maybe uh, run small ball center for them. I think that's going to be one of the only ways they can actually even compete with the Nets if that's what their uh, main goal is to do, because I think, Nets or Sixers are the two teams to watch out for in the East. So if he can come in there on run small ball center, I think that'd be very interesting to see what the uh, Celtics could do at that point. But again, I don't think they should offer smart form. I don't think uh, smart, I think they could maybe get away with a first round pick Trist, and maybe Tristan or something.
1: I think the Celtics are actually really limited. It's pretty sad. Um, you know, smarts, their only trade asset in terms of player. Um, I know they signed Tristan Thompson for that mid-level <clears throat> full exception, but, you know, all their three players, their best players, are tied into major, major contracts, and it's a huge drop-off from everyone else down. Um, you know, I know Danny Inge has been holding on to picks and hoarding picks. Um, I actually don't like Danny Green, uh, Inge. Excuse me. Um, I think he's, you know, kind of dropped the ball on a lot of these players over the years, but that's a different story. But the Celtics need to do something ASAP. They've made the Eastern Conference Finals three out of the last four years and have been never able to get over the hump. Uh, I think his job's on the line. I think a player like Aaron Gordon would make, you know, Celtic Nation really happy, that at least there's an effort being made to try to bolster this team. Um, And, you know, it's a lot of pressure on them. But, you know, Aaron Gordon needs to find a home where, you know, he's not expected to do much with a team that, you know, has expectations and isn't just, you know, happy being mediocre. And so that's when he's really going to find his ceiling and his expectations and how he can perform in a winning culture and what his style of play is. So Yeah,
0: I think when we uh, see him get traded, I think we're going to see the real Aaron Gordon and what he's actually made of instead of being surrounded by a pretty decent team. uh, And it's a pretty decent team. I'll I'll say that the Magic have a pretty solid roster. Seeing him perform outside of Orlando is going to be a big deal for the NBA. Uh, whether he'll fall apart due to the fact that he can't just rely on his athletic ability, or if he'll be able to uh, score or play, make and do all that. Cause we don't know if he can play, make like, uh, uh, we don't know if, how well he can play, make how well he can do stuff with the role he has with the magic. So I think that's going to be a great fit for him if he gets out of there.
1: Yeah, I think, I think so. I think honestly, I think about the magic and I just don't understand what their direction is. They have a ton of, Mediocre players. I think their, their uh, you know their grab of faults at the right time was was dead on. Um, obviously, they, they've been dealt a bad hand with injuries. Uh, I think I think Mo Bamba's been out for a while. Jonathan Isaac's been out for a while. Um, so you know they're, they're definitely rebuilding there. And the one the bright spot is Vucevic. But you know obviously players get unhappy. Obviously, great players want to compete like Vucevic, uh, and so they really got to figure it out. They've kind of been in this downward spiral. And sort of that mediocre eighth seed for the last who knows five six years so I mean if trading Aaron Gordon's really going to help them long term then they better do it and they better do it right so you know
0: hoping hoping the best for them yeah definitely so we'll get right into our first big topic of the night the Rockets yep. uh just finished their 20 game losing streak I think that's the longest in franchise history uh 20 games that was, you saw uh Stephen Salas how uh happy he was Compared to the night before, with that interview, he had his head down the entire time. Really hurt. Do you see the Rockets winning more games here? Or there, or do you think they're going to go in another slump right after this?
1: I think the Houston Rockets are probably a top ten, like most interesting team in the league right now. Um, streak aside, because you know a lot has been going on with their team, and they have a lot of interesting pieces. Obviously, with the trade deadline approaching. Um, and they, they're just the team in flux right now. They, they don't really know what they're doing. Obviously, Christian Wood, who's arguably their best player. He is, I believe. Has been, has been uh, out and nursing an injury, and then finally he's back. So I just think that, you, you know, I, I don't know if it's the start of something because they have a lot to figure out, but I just don't understand it because the pieces are there, right? You have Victor Oladipo still finding his way back, you know, after injury. John Wall is, you know, claimed, proclaimed himself the the franchise player and, and a leader, um, who just came off twenty straight losses. Uh, Eric Gordon, who I still believe in heavily, um, you know, is still is still a knockdown sh- a shooter. However, you know, no one else is, is sort of out there. So the twenty the twenty lo- game losing streak does not surprise me one bit, because these are players that are coming back from injury and players that are trying to find themselves in Christian Wood and, and trying to. Propel themselves, you know, and establish their own careers. Surrounded by a ton of 10-day contract people, um. So I truly don't believe that this is the start for something. When you lose 20 games in a 72-game season, you can win as many more games as you want, but you're pretty you're pretty set for the lottery. Um. So Stephen sass is a great coach. I hope he figures it out. You know, I'm praying they go on another 20-game winning streak. But you know, they're going to be in the lottery. They're going to be in the hunt for K. Cunningham, and they have a lot of questions to answer. Starting with forty-eight hours from now, um, it's all but certain that you know Oladipo is going to get it moved. What is what are the assets they're going to get back for that? You know, uh, you know, trading Harden was an excellent the, the 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 deal. They were able to come back from Harden and Westbrook was phenomenal, uh, and they still have a dangling asset in Victor Depot that they can move off of and, and still get assets out and and, and juice from that Harden trade. Uh, so, you know, their GM and management um, has a lot to think about moving forward. Uh,
0: definitely. I do believe, though, uh, at the start of the season, I had the Rockets fighting for that sixth seed in the West because I, I thought, have them
1: fifth. I had them fifth. Yeah. I really thought they came together, especially with Cousins. I agree.
0: Definitely. I'm not sure why they let Cousins go. I mean, I can kind of see why wanting Wood to evolve more and uh, have more space to do what he needs. So, but I will say I'm not going to blame the 20 game losing streak on the Rockets. They went through 16 different lineups. They had so many players come in and out with COVID and other reasons not being there. So I'm not going to hold that against them completely. I maybe value that 20 game losing streak as much as maybe a 10 game losing streak, if I'm being honest, due to all the other things that have happened. So I'm not going to put that all in the Rockets. And I still think that you uh, trade all the depot. I think you can you see what you can get for him trade deadline other than that i think you keep this roster together play this season out like you're trying to compete kind of and see if you can win with this team or if this team's uh long gone and if the team's long gone you come into the off season i say you start selling everybody but would try and go as young as you can i do like the young players they picked up i love tate tate's amazing kevin porter jr i love him he needs a bit more time to develop and he's going to be great uh i i was wrong about him i actually didn't like the pickup of him i wasn't a big fan but seeing him play uh with the rockets he's really turned uh turned my head around to look at him so i'm a big fan of the way he's plans uh sterling brown huge fan of him i think sterling brown's going to keep getting better so i think you sell everybody but with a couple of the young guys uh nawab is also another good one i like i think you sell as much as you can you get draft capital you maybe get uh a uh, veteran on a lower contract than wall here or there i do believe you get rid of wall that's a big contract right there and you can't call yourself like you said you can't call the front yourself the player of the franchise and then go on a 20 game losing streak again not holding that completely against them but you did you did go on the losing streak there's nothing that can be changed about that so i am a big fan of them and i think that they can it's all about this season, I feel like, for the Rockets. It's a uh, rebuild or keep going season right now. And they just need to see which way the seesaw tilts.
1: Yeah. I, <clears throat> another name I think uh, you know, we, we, we didn't mention yet is uh, Kevin Porter Jr. I mm. think uh, he's been uh, really showing flashes, I think, before the injury. Um, oh, what he can do. I know I had a bad situation in Cleveland coming into a new environment. Uh, I think it will be better for him. Um, and so that's another young stud that they have at the wing position um, that they can, that they're trying to make room for with, uh, you know, trying to move all the depot. So all the cards right now are, are moving in a decent direction for the Rockets. It's not like they, you know, comparatively, sorry, sorry, sorry to these, this fan base, but like the wolves, you know, their payroll, mm-hmm. their kind of <clears throat> depth. It's not like that. You know, they have some solid pieces. Uh, Eric Gordon still committed. Um, you know, you have KPJ, Christian Wood is a, is a young star. And I know the Rockets, you know, fully believe in him to make a bigger case for the all-star team next year and be one of the best 24 players in the league. Um, And, you know, to your wall point, I I have to disagree with you there, you know, moving off John wall was already difficult as is it took, you know, a matching salary, which there was only one in the league to be able to convince and make that, that, that flip Uh, the only choice here is to play out that contract. And he hasn't, played abysmal to the point where you're searching sporadically for somewhere to dump him you know he's putting up decent numbers as you would expect from someone coming back from two years off you know 18 six six assists a game you know decent shooting numbers not the best but that, that's kind of wall's game right there and you know if, if i'm personally is do i want john wall to lead my championship franchise no but if if he's going to go out there every night i'm comfortable with him leading the charge and you know i'm looking at places elsewhere you know, we traded P.J. Tucker. Who's who's going to fill in that four spot for me? You know, I have my 1-5 matchup pretty good for the next future. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., I want to see him get more minutes. Eric Gordon, what's his future with the team? Uh, you know, things like that. Daniel House is still there. Uh, you know, you got to fill out the rest of the roster, and I think <clears throat> with, with the cap space that they're going to open up with Oladipo, uh, things are looking bright, and that's why I find this team really interesting moving forward.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna add one quick note on the wall. The only reason I believe they should trade him, I saw quite a handful of reports saying that the Heat were actually interested in Wall. So I believe you hear out the offers you can get for Wall, but you know what? I do kind of agree that you might want to keep him if the authors offers not blowing you out, blowing your socks off. Yeah, but I do believe if they get a decent offer. I think you move on from him if you can, because that is a big contract eater. And I I think the Rockets should keep as much cap available as they can for free agency. You know, somebody shows up that you didn't think was going to be in there. Buy buyout markets coming up if they're in contention. Hopefully soon. I think I think you want to keep that cap open. And John Wall's a big eater, so yeah, that's just I kind mean, of my thought. That,
1: that's the thing too. Like, but that's the point too. Like, I don't. That's my point. Like, who? Which other team is going to you know be willing to you know m- take that take that grab? That's the thing because it's such a bad contract, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, finding that team alone you know, with a point guard being the most uh, dominant position in the league right now, and everyone's kind of set in that role, uh, you, you know, is, is the most difficult one to kind of overcome. That's why Wall was traded for another point guard in, in essence. So that's why I think you just, you made the trade, you know, make the most of it. Um, and, you know, you have other bright spots else. John Wall's not hurting your team, you know, at the point guard spot. And while he does make 30 million, uh, maybe close to 40, you know, th- there's still other 60, $70 million you got to take a look at, right. And, and be able to and work around him. Um, John Wall's not a loser. John Wall's not a quitter. Uh, you know, he's been successful before as, as a franchise guy, you know, is he going to be what he once was? Probably not, but you know, I think he's serviceable enough to where, you know, you can look off him and, and find, find spots el- elsewhere. So.
0: You know, I I I do agree with that. He isn't really hurting the Rockets, but I believe he's on a forty-four million dollar contract. Yeah,
1: that's that's rough. I don't know any other team that would be. His exactly contract was identical against. to Russ's. Yeah, exactly. That's that's, that's the only way that he was able to move off of uh, Washington in the first
0: place. So definitely, yeah. I I feel like both teams. Oh, actually, no, I think the Wizards won that trade. Just throwing that out there. They're, <laughs> they're playing pretty damn well right now. I'm a huge fan of the Westbrook and Beal combo. Yeah. All right. So now a topic that. I don't think me and you are huge fans of Montrez in the trade rumors. Do you think uh, he's going to get shipped?
1: Um, so I'm going to say something that might shock you. I, I am not uh, a Montrez Harrell fan. Um, I see the numbers. I see what he's able to do. Um, however, it, it, I, I'm watching every single game, man. And, and like this guy, like he, he has some good moments and good flashes and is in the right place at the right time. Um, but offensively, you know, when it comes to isolation plays, and I don't know why we run so many plays for him, he just doesn't have it consistently enough uh, to be able to score, right? I think when, we, when a lot of Laker fans like to box score, watch things like that and be able to see, wow, you know, that's incredible. Montrez Harrell, 26 and 11. And then, you know, you whittle that down. Okay, 26 points. That's probably 13 field goals. Oh, wait, he went to the free throw line a time. That's probably, you know, nine or 10 shots he made oh, wait, okay, four of them are, like, easy dunks. Oh, wait, so what happened on the other five? You know, it it really just comes down to LeBron's greatness again and be able to dictate the offense and be able to, you know, swallow, you know, the other defenders away and and draw them out, leading Montrez, you know, at at the end of it. And he gets a lot of minutes, too, as our sixth man right now. So, um, But when it comes to isolation plays, I don't think his jumper – he has a jumper, first of all. Post moves are not his forte. He's just a really big energy guy. And so uh, I'm actually very okay moving off him because I think in the playoffs, you know, you need reliable scores. And when people focus in on his weaknesses, they're going to find out what it takes to stop him. And and it's going to be pretty easy to do. So I was never a fan of the signing in the first place. Um, So that's number one. Um, Number two, I I, I, I would be great to move off him. I think the most popular package right now is uh, Montrez KCP in a second for, you know, ironically enough, Victor Oladipo. um, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I really wouldn't be opposed. Um, You know, it comes down to star power in this league. And, you know, if we have a good chance of getting Drummond, knock on wood, star power is what what it's going to take. That's what this league has turned to. And you look on the East Coast, especially, you know, in Brooklyn over there, that's what it takes. And, you know, it's a sort of a get now and, and, you know, figure it out sort of later kind of role. Uh, So if you have Victor Oladipo, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and maybe, maybe fingers crossed, Andre Drummond. You know, I think that's the best shot we have to go up against. You know, some of the best out there at least.
0: The I I agree with some of that personally. Me, I love Trez. He's not a very good offensive player, but he does bring a lot of energy to this Lakers team, and that's that's my biggest wow about him. He can come in there, and if everybody looks done, he can he can really turn them up. Except for really tonight. Tonight, not a good game to watch. Personally, I oh. I I had to stop watching at halftime. Not, not a fun game, but uh, I do love his defense, but at the same time I've come to terms. I think he's going to get traded. Now I really don't want Oladipo. I don't think he's going to fit in as well when LeBron comes back. I think he's going to try and be the main point guard. And I think we need Schroeder or LeBron being that guy. But uh, I think, hear me out. This is a long shot. I think we should trade Trez, KCP, Kuz, and a second, for DeRozan. Yeah. I, I, I love, love that. I think DeRozan would come in and fit perfect. You, you can put him wherever you want, run him at shooting guard, LeBron, uh small forward, you know, Dennis running the point guard, even though LeBron runs the point guard, uh 80 power forward. And then I do believe we're going to get Drummond. I believe it's everything but set in stone. He was in LA today. I think it's all but done. I think he's definitely going to come to the Lakers again, knock on wood, but I Do like where this team's going? Rob is a genius. I think we can all admit that. Like, hate Montrez or don't like him. We did get him for a really good contract, for I think was like nine mil, not twenty mil for two years. I think yeah, it was,
1: it was, it was 18 or 19 for two, two years. It was the full mid-level exception. Yep.
0: Yeah. So I think that was a really good move by us, whether you like him or not, that's a good contract for somebody who just won six man of the year. And even right now he's got a lot of trade value. So if you're not, if he's not performing well, you can trade him, probably get something pretty good in return. So again, Rob Blink is probably the goat at GMs. He's, he gets the crazy stuff done. So I wouldn't be surprised if we end this uh, trade deadline with DeRozan, or another uh, player that can come in and get us 25 a night. The one thing I am more opposed to train Kuzma than I am Trez. I love Kuzma. He's turning up lately, but I feel like his value is going to go down when LeBron and AD come back because he averages less points. He averages less than everything right now might be the perfect time to trade him. now that he's averaging 20 when he's the starting guy. Uh, I think you can get pretty good value for him. So I think, I think we shot Kuz right now. Uh, we go for somebody who can help us win this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think uh, yeah, those are all viable options. I'm not too sure with the extension who's signed if he's eligible for trade right now. Um, however, you know, I, I want to touch back on. Uh, you did make a point about Montrez's defense. I do have to attest that I think his defense is atrocious. He's actually lost us a couple of games in the pick and roll. Uh, you, you know, when when Damian Lillard's isolated on him and such, he's he's terrible. At high pick and roll, um, he just doesn't know how to guard it yet. So that's why I'm a little more, you know, leaning to training him. And But I completely agree. His trade value is tremendous uh, because he took a, a pay cut to join the champions. Um, so his trade value is through the roof. And I, I know he's playing good enough box score-wise uh, to be able to um, dictate a lot uh, on the market. It's just a, a matter of return. Um, DeMar DeRozan, I was saying at the beginning of the year, I think we should have traded KCP and, and Dennis Schroeder. Uh, before they even played a game together for DeMar DeRozan. Again, I'm all about star power. And, you know, if you have the star power there, you can figure out the rest later. You know, the good players know how to play together, you know, unless it's extreme circumstances, as we've seen, you know, but if you get a group of three together, you know, decently aged players, they're going to figure it out no matter what. You know, so I don't really, you know, dive into, oh, the fit. Okay, but the spacing for LeBron, like, where's he, like, I don't really dictate that because LeBron has proven and through a championship as well. He's been able to split time, multiple championships with the superstar, both at the wing uh, and in the post. So, you know, him being older, you know, and being the point guard last year, him playing off ball, you know, is probably, you know, favorable to him at this point in his career. So whether it's Oladipo or DeRozan, I prefer DeRozan even without the three point shooting. I think that's way overblown how he doesn't shoot threes. Um, but that would be incredible. I think it would be a blockbuster for us. San Antonio's made it known that he wants to be traded. Uh, they're shopping both Aldridge and DeRozan. Um, just a matter of if Rob can realistically get something done. Um, you, you know, I it's your Kuzma point. You know, I, I think a lost art in this league is you know really sticking it out with your young guns. I, I think you know NBA Twitter and just NBA fans in general. Uh, you know, championship after championship, it not being your team you run out of patience on young guys and are ready to, you know, at first glance, you know, ship them out at at the next shiny object. Uh, I see people, you know, ready to give up on Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson immediately just because they haven't shot the ball well for three months. And I think that's, that's, that's a little absurd because, you know, with young players, you, you ride for them through the highs and lows. And I think that's what we've done with Kuzma. Um, And, you know, if he wants to be a Laker for, rest of his career I would not mind you know he's won a championship he's proven and so you know he's steadily approving I think we should see that through if I if I was Rob, but you know business is business so we'll see what gets done it's, it's, it should be interesting
0: uh, I do agree with that but well I agree the hero and players like that should stay. The he are not on a roster that needs to win now they have a bunch of young stars but this is the Lakers we have LeBron he's 36 and I know everybody's tired of hearing it but he doesn't have too much longer. Realistically, who knows? He could play another 10 years. But yeah, the Lakers are in a win-now situation. And love. I'm a diehard Laker fan, but our uh, development is not really the best. I mean, D'Angelo Russell goes, becomes really good. Lonzo right now turning up after he's gone. Ingram turned up the season after he's gone. Randall's turning up the season now that he's gone. Kuzma's the only really guy that we haven't traded that was young that hasn't blown up yet. And he was, I mean, Josh Hart, even right now, he had 10 rebounds tonight. Josh Hart can play a pretty good game every now and then. I'm a big fan of Josh Hart. I don't think our development is the best if we're trying to develop Kuzma into a championship piece soon, because I think we need to continue to con- uh, continue to compete for championships if we want to keep signing, re-signing AD and just stay in there. So I I'd love sticking it out for the young guys. I'm a big fan of that. But with the Lakers, we do not have the best development. But the Heat, like you said, they should keep Hero Duncan for sure. But for us, our championship window is more narrow than the Heat. So we gotta, we gotta go all in or we risk losing it all, which is a big problem for me. Also, I don't know, uh, I don't know how much better Coos can get. Uh, he's not, I don't I do not see him being an all-star or that really. I think he could be a solid starter anywhere he goes, but I do not see him being an all-star. But I, I, I'm not entirely sure. So we're at the one minute mark before I got to stop this. So I'm going to thank you for showing up again on short notice with all yeah, with absolutely. the absolutely that happened. It was a blast having you on. You know your stuff. Thank you so much. No, it's amazing, my guy. And I would love to have you on more. If you ever have an opening on your podcast for a guest, I will be there. I'm a huge absolutely. fan. I'm a huge fan. You got yourself a new listener. I'm gonna start turning in tuning in. <laughs>
1: I'm, yeah, man, we have fun on the the Uncharted Pod. Tune in for sure. I do a lot of monologues on there. Just talk, uh, talk hoops, NBA, deeper subjects like legacies, things like that. And obviously my Los Angeles Lakers. So I really appreciate that. And you can find me on Apple, Spotify uh, under Uncharted Pod, and my, my Twitter handle is at ovio Lake Show. So
0: yeah, definitely go give it. this guy a follow. Go listen. He knows more about basketball than me. So if you're tired <laughs> of my knowledge, go listen to this guy. He knows his stuff. But again. Huge thank you for coming on, and it meant the world to have you here.
1: I appreciate it, man. Hey, keep doing what you're doing, uh, and I appreciate Cameron as well. You know, the producers uh, got to get love too, all right? Yeah, they
0: all. <laughs> we got to share the love right around here. Always but,
1: appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. Seriously. Hey, No problem. Take care.